Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. And this morning we're going to continue our study going through Hebrews chapter 11 and building our faith because faith truly does affect our life. And today we're going to be looking at how faith affects what we take pleasure in. Faith affects what we take pleasure in. We're going to be seeing this in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. But first, we're going to continue our scripture reading, and we're going to read 2 Timothy chapter 2. And it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 1, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engages in warfare and tangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a good soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffered trouble as an evildoer even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. He cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun, and, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of the sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are, uh, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, and some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also useful, youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, humility, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. All right, so now let's get into Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked for the reward. 
The first thing that I want us to see this morning is that faith affects your pursuits. Faith affects your pursuits. See, Moses had a decision, and he made this decision when he became of age. Now, in Acts chapter 7, verse 20, we get some insight that he was 40 years old uh, when he became of age, and he was going in and choosing where his loyalty lied. Was it going to be with Egypt, or was it going to be with God and the people of God? And of course, Moses chose for his loyalty to be with the people of God. And so this is going to affect his pursuits. But you need to understand here what Moses was giving up when he chose to pursue God and the people of God. See, he was giving up the right last name. You know, a lot of times people say it's not what you know, but it's who you know. Now, Moses, he grew up in the house of Pharaoh, in the house of Pharaoh's daughter. I mean, he would have been well-connected. He had the right last name. He knew all of the right people, and yet he was turning away from that. He was also turning away from great wealth. I mean, he was literally, uh, you, you know, within the king's household, the, the most powerful man in the country. He was right there in his household. And of course, he, that, well, with all of that came great wealth. He also was turning away from his top flight education. See, he would have been very educated in the position that he was in and rejecting to become an Egyptian, though he would have, uh, of, of course, still retained his academic knowledge and stuff, but it would have rendered his academic prestige useless as his peers would have considered him a fool. He also uh, would have been giving up his standing as a talented up-and-comer. In Acts chapter 7, verse 22, it says this, And Moses was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in words and deeds. I mean, he was an up-and-comer. He was a rising star in Egypt. There is no doubt that he could have had a great position in Egypt. Some have even speculated that, that he potentially could have become Pharaoh. I mean, he was that well-respected is what some people go and look at. I don't know if that's quite true, but we do know that he was on a trajectory to be a somebody in Egypt. See, he was turning away from what a worldly standpoint would be saying was everything. And he was giving it up for what the worldly standpoint would be is nothing. But from a spiritual standpoint, he was sacrificing nothing for everything. You see, and Moses did this, he did this by faith. He had no idea how it would turn out, but he took hold of the title and the deed that God knows best, and he followed God. It is clear that his actions gave evidence of his faith. You see, Moses had a real faith. And so the question comes, what is your decision? What are you going to pursue in life? You see, you have the same decisions to make in your life that Moses had to make. No, it might not be the same circumstances, but it is the same when it comes to motivation. Are you going to give up your worldly standing in order to pursue Christ? Because the reality of it is, is that you cannot serve two masters. If you go in your motivation and your pursuit in life it, it is wholeheartedly to be somebody in this world, well, you're not going to be somebody in God's kingdom. Now, 
let me tell you this. Moses is somebody in this world. He's recognized as one of the greatest leaders. He's recognized as as one of the greatest judges and lawgivers. And I bring that up because if you truly choose to pursue God and to put the kingdom of God first, as opposed to this worldly kingdom, your kingdom, instead of building your kingdom, you focus in on building God's kingdom. God does have a tendency to elevate those who are wholeheartedly sold out for him and sold out for his kingdom. But of course, if you're doing it for the motivation of building your kingdom through the back door of building of, of saying that you're building God's kingdom, that won't work either. It has to be of pure motives of truly building God's kingdom. And so the question is, is what is your pursuit? What is your pursuit in life? You have a choice. You can turn away from every worldly ambition. Now, this doesn't mean that you don't have motivation. This doesn't mean that you don't strive for things, but I'm talking about the core, the inner being of who you are. What is it that makes your heart beat? What is it that makes you get out of bed in the morning? Is it that you're saying, look, I want to go and become a, 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 a multimillionaire? Or is it that, that you get out of bed and say, look, I want to become the greatest in this field? Is it because you get out of bed and you want to say, look, I I want people to respect me, or is it that your heartbeat is, I want to please Jesus Christ? That's the question. That's the question. I think of the old hymn, Satisfied, or excuse me, I will praise him. Though the way seems straight and narrow, all I claimed was swept away. My ambitions, plans, and wishes at my feet in ashes lay. I will praise him. I will praise him. Praise the lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all ye people, for his blood can wash away each stain. You know, it's not until you lay your wishes, your plans, and your ambitions at the feet of Jesus Christ. And you say, God, I want your wishes. I want your plans. And I want your ambitions. Until you do that, you'll not have the same kind of result that Moses had until you do that, because that's what Moses did. You can't have the same results with a different process. You got to go through the same process, and the process was by faith. Moses went and he put down his wishes, his plans, and his ambitions at the feet of God. And what did God do? Well, God ended up doing great things in Moses' life. The second thing that I want us to see here this morning is that faith affects what we take pleasure in. And this is the main thing that I want us to see this morning, something that, that I really think cuts us deep. See, Moses rejected the passing pleasure of sin. And, and I want you to understand something here, that there is a pleasure in sin. Sin is often fun, and, for, and perhaps it might even bring a great thrill into somebody's life. It, it may bring a a passing comfort. It may bring a passing acceptance, and it often brings, for sure, instant gratification often. 
But the pleasure of sin is always passing and fading away. Passing here, it's the idea that it means for an occasion, it's temporary. See, sin is like when I get cotton candy. And I know I've said this before, but it's it's true. See, I love cotton candy. It tastes so good. But the problem is, is that I eat the entire bag of cotton candy in one sitting, and then I end up with a bitter stomach, a stomach ache. And, and so it was sweet at the beginning, and then it becomes bitter in the end. And that's how sin is. It's a passing pleasure. It's fading away. Since pleasure is designed, is, excuse me, is designed to fade or to just be temporary. It can't give a lasting pleasure. It cannot satisfy you. It will become old. See, it is when we give in to sin that it always pulls us deeper into more sin and the more bitter that it will become in your life. Sin always loses its pleasure, and the pleasure of sin always leads to judgment. See, but Moses chose. The idea here is that he he thought about it. He considered and he weighed the options. This wasn't simply on a whim. And, and I would encourage you to, to take the same measures that Moses did. Consider, count the cost. Now, I hope that you choose Jesus Christ. I never want you to choose sin. But you need to count the cost. Don't just do it because it's an emotional high. Don't just do it because you, 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 you have friends who are doing it. Do it because you're really considering it, because you're really counting the cost, because that's where you'll find God. See, the suffering here with the people of God, it means to endure persecution. It's not just simply suffering, but it's also taking part in others' burdens. See, it's, it's to endure persecution with someone else. Think of all the affliction that Moses eventually had to deal with. Time after time, people complaining about him. His closest friends abandoned him, essentially, and uh, Aaron and, and Miriam and uh, whatnot. Uh, and there were several times where people tried to rebel against his leadership, whether it was Korah or the people just complaining against him. But why was this greater than the pleasure of sin? See, because it's with God's people. He was casting his lot in with the people of God. The people God placed in Moses' life was ultimately something that was incredible because it did bring fellowships. There, there were highs that came with those lows, and the highs were incredible. I mean, Moses got to see the backside of God's glory. He got to be as close to God as, as anyone in his glory. I mean, it was incredible. Incredible. But the question comes, what do you take pleasure in? You know, no one is forced to take pleasure in the things of God. God gives you a choice. But between the things of God and sin, I can tell you that the things of God has a lasting pleasure. And, you know, Moses chose not just 
the things of God, but the people of God. And so really what I think we should ask each other is, do you take pleasure in going to church and being with the people of God? You need to. You need to. You know, church should never be something that you go and you you say, say, oh, I don't want to go to that today. I'd rather just go and stay home and, you, you know, watch football or something. No, you need to be excited about church. That needs to be the highlight, the highlight of your week. Absolutely. Absolutely the highlight. Do you take pleasure in reading God's word? Do you take pleasure in praying with God? These are the important things to really, really consider because if you decide to take sin as what you're going to choose to take pleasure in, what's going to happen? Well, it's going to be a passing pleasure. It's going to leave your life in bitterness. You're going to be struggling with life. But if you choose to take pleasure in the things of God, with the people of God, in God's way, you're going to have a lasting pleasure, and it is going to lead to an incredibly great treasure. Because in verse 26, it says, esteeming the reproaches, the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to reward. See, faith, it doesn't just affect what you take pleasure in. It also affects what you treasure. What did Moses treasure? He treasured the reproach of Christ, of identifying with Christ, of being with Christ. See, the reality of it is, is that people will reject Christ around you. They will reproach Christ. And because they reproach Christ, if you're living out, living your life for him, if you are sold out for Christ, then they're going to reproach you. But you can praise the Lord in that. You can glory in that. Why? Because you're counted worthy to suffer for the sake of your God who suffered for you. I hope that we choose today to be like Moses, to let faith affect what we treasure, to let faith affect what we take pleasure in, and of course, to let faith affect our pursuits. What are you pursuing today? What are you taking pleasure in? And ultimately, what are you treasuring today? I hope that your greatest treasure is not on this earth, but is in heaven. I hope that you're living your life in pursuit of a heavenly reward, and that you're seeking for pleasures that are heavenly, that will last, that you're seeking to please God rather than to satisfy yourself or to please yourself with the passing pleasures of sin. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go.
But even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome. So that. We 